What's up? Welcome to something like that with Nav. A beautiful day, an exciting day indeed, where the gods of gadgets are trying their level best to just ruin my day. But hey, that's not going to stop me, man. Not going to stop me because I've been waiting for quite a while now to have this particular band, especially the air vocalist for this band, uh, to come on board the show. I've been waiting for a very long time. Finally, I'm lucky enough to have her and her bandmate who will be joining in halfway through. They have the coolest coolest band name in town trust me this is the one of the best band names you're gonna hear on this particular podcast it is none other than ah oh, i gotta say that i gotta get the right tone for it man billy blue and the nowhere man nowhere man come on billy did i get that right i got it right right yes that's correct billy blue and the nowhere men it's, Thank you for having of, me. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's my pleasure to have you guys on board. I have you especially on board. It's one of the definitely. Has anyone ever told you that you have the coolest band name? Well, maybe one or two people have told told Only me before. Only one or two. Only <laughs> one or two. <laughs> it's it's the best thing that I've ever heard. The very first time that was a while back, I've heard. I've seen your name on a poster, and I was like, okay, did I get this right? Is it the name of an album, a movie, or something? And then it's like, no, they're performing here tonight. It's like, okay. Uh, that's the very first time I saw you guys. And of course, <laughs> it was mind-blowing indeed. It was amazing watching you guys perform on stage. Thank it's, you. You have the whole package, the, the kind of music that I enjoy, the kind of performance that I enjoy. Because like, for the benefit of our listeners right now, if you're a fan of old school uh, rock, uh, classic rock, and then you have the new school flavor in it, and all the other elements that comes in between, you put them all together, okay, not only for audio, it's also in visual, you get Billy Blue and the Nowhere Man. Did I describe the band right? <laughs> I think that's a pretty apt description, actually. Yeah, that's a very, very good way to describe us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome, man. It's nice to have a chat with you. And uh, But I have to clear this doubt. The word Nowhere Man, is that from the Beatles song? Absolutely. Okay, yes. Good, good, um, good, good, good. When I was when I was little, the first band that I ever fell in love with was the Beatles. And nice. for my sixth birthday, my parents got me the one album with like all of their hits. And Whoa. I was obsessed with that. And then Yellow Submarine, they got me that too eventually. And that was my favorite movie for a long time. And the great thing about a film like Yellow Submarine is that when you're little, you're just attracted by all the colors and the and the and the fancy pictures and it was that was so exciting to me and the music but now as an older person you know i can understand it a little bit better from a different perspective and that's great <laughs> it's a like film that really sticks very to. much i really like your parents you gave you beatles cd for your birthday when you're young well that's... they did that because um at some point Maybe when I was five or something, I think I watched A Hard Day's Night. Um, my parents let me watch a lot of movies with them. So we watched A Hard Day's Night. Oh, and Help. And uh, I fell in love with Ringo Starr for some reason. <laughs> all guys? I know. That's what everyone would always say. Like, really, of all of the Beatles, you were into Ringo Starr. But, yep, I mean, me if, as if... a little kid, it was Ringo Starr. <laughs> okay. George Harrison? Okay. Lennon? Oh, definitely. Cardi, McCartney, okay, but Ringo, <laughs> you yeah, have a pretty unique taste. Yeah, I think my taste has improved. <laughs> or maybe at that particular age, Ringo looked like one of those characters you find in Sesame Street back then. I don't know, I'm just guessing it. It must have been that his nose children. or something that I was really... 
into. <laughs> but hey, but, I mean, he is a mem member of the Beatles. So, you know, you can't yeah. knock that. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> Usually the drummer doesn't get much attention, but uh, he actually got in. <laughs> See, I'm always, you know, giving attention to the underdogs. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet. Oh, sweet. Oh, but of course, of course, Billy Blue itself, that, that is your name, right? Billy Blue that Black, is my Blackstone? Name. Yes, that okay, is my I, name. Nice. Okay, so that, I got that part clear. I think you like my because, parents a little bit more now, don't oh, you? Yes, I love everything about your parents. Because I know they, they are the ones who actually uh, took you to gigs, to shows at a very young age. Absolutely, you know, yes. Super cool parents. My parents would just wouldn't even let me listen to the radio. And you had parents taking you at a very young age to what? Clubs, geeks, and so on? Yeah, because my mom uh, is a musician, is and was a musician and a visual artist. The painting okay. behind me, you can't really see it, but the painting behind me is one of hers. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my so my mom was uh, very actively performing when I was a kid and my parents didn't really trust like leaving me alone with a babysitter at home. So what they usually would do is hire a babysitter to come along to the gig and the babysitter would hang out with me and I would get to watch the show too. But if I wanted to go and play somewhere else, you know, I could do that as well because I had adult supervision. But that definitely was a, a big reason why my interest in music, you know, was cultivated at such a young age. And it's not just, it's not just music, but the whole lifestyle surrounding music. But nice. I, I really, I think I got into that since uh, the time I was very young. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that. But the thing is, when you say visiting club, yeah, gigs and so on at a very young age, I'm guessing that wasn't in Malaysia because you were born in Japan, right? Yes. Oh. Okay. You're born in Japan. And, uh, <laughs> you know things. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit here and there. So, was it all? Was it like how? Until what age were you in Japan before you moved out to uh, Singapore and other parts? Um, I lived in Japan until I was 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. So this gig and club thing, your babysitter thing, that happened in Japan. That was mainly in Japan. Yeah, pretty much. Ah. Mostly in Japan. Sometimes when um, we would come and visit. Um, Malaysia. Um, we usually would come at least once a year, probably usually during the winter <laughs> because we wanted to escape the cold. <laughs> so um, then my mom would play shows over here as well at places like No Black Tie and some other clubs that were around back then that I don't yeah. quite remember the names of, but yeah. But No Black Tie, I remember that really well because I remember even going to the old No Black Tie and playing with like all these quirks that they had. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember back. what it, yeah, that was a long time ago. I was really young, but I remember that. I remember being there and my mom sound checking. And uh, that's why it was really exciting when my band, when our band BBTNM first played at No Black Tie, because I was like, it's coming full circle. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, now yeah. I feel extremely old right now because when you talk about the old black tie, uh, no black tie and the present one, I was actually there and not as a kid. So now I feel <laughs> extremely old having this conversation. <laughs> it's been a while because like I said, no black tie, it's only a certain people or a certain age or certain people who are like the specific kind of music will know no black tie. Now, it's not mm -hmm. something that everybody mm -hmm. knows and you were there. Nice. Very nice. Thank you, no black tie. Thank you very much. <laughs> because of that i'm having this conversation with billy but the thing is this how did 
the whole band start off? Because I know you you weren't exactly uh, an, a very open person. You're a shy but teenager. And being in gigs and so on, you didn't actually start singing that early, right? No, I didn't. Um, yeah, it was it was very weird as a teen. And I think it's it comes from the fact that I grew up always being the outsider. Because when I was in Japan, I was the only Japanese school in my... Uh, sorry, I was the only Japanese kid in my kindergarten. I was the only Japanese kid in my primary school. Um, yeah. And, uh, sorry, sorry. I was the only non-Japanese kid. Okay, I'm I was sorry, a bit confused kid. right here for a second. <laughs> I was like, okay, see, did I, I miss told, something out here? No, you see, I told you that I haven't interacted with humans for a while, so I've <laughs> forgotten how to talk. This is what happens. Anyway, oh let my, me oh let my. me start that whole thing all over again. So, okay, sure. I was the only foreign kid in the Japanese school okay, <laughs> and the only okay. foreign kid in the Japanese kindergarten. So um, from a very young age, I was very aware of being an alien, <laughs> of being different and wanting to assimilate. And so on the one hand, I was actually very like chatty. I was very confident around adults. Even when I was a kid, I could, um, I always got to hang out with adults. So I had no problem talking to adults, unlike a lot of my friends who would come over to my house and they'd be like really scared to speak to my parents. But then when I would go to their houses, I would be like best friends with their mom or whatever. Ooh. So on the one hand, I was like that. But on the other hand, as a teen, you know, trying to go through all the, you know, identity crises that comes with, uh, crises that come with being a teenager, and then like going through the changes of puberty, I was just like a complete mess. And things like singing, I liked it, but I just couldn't imagine really doing it in front of people. I was just too self-conscious, you know? It's like that conflict of like, you want to present yourself in a certain way, but you're also afraid of being rejected. So like, cause I internalized that at a very young age. So as a teenager, I was just like, I kind of knew where my interests were. I kind of knew what I was interested in, but I didn't really know how to express myself comfortably. So but it was, of course, Ed, mm -hmm. I mean, being having parents who's uh, been performers and you checking them out for a very long time, I'm pretty sure at some point of uh, some part of your head or your mind would have that feeling that you would want a bit of attention too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was that sense of like you want attention in that way as well and you're interested in that but it's but you are too afraid to kind of go for it that's kind of what i was dealing with at that age yeah oh, okay but how <laughs> yeah. when and where did the transformation take place from that quiet little shy girl to okay, i wasn't quiet the okay, i wasn't right. quiet i was just okay. shy <laughs> yeah i was just i was just shy um so the change happened when I moved to KL. Yeah, that happened when I moved to KL. Um, I think that was kind of like a pivotal moment for me because I was leaving high school behind. And on the one hand, I was like really upset to leave high school because I actually, despite everything, made some really, really good friends who are still my friends, my, my, some of my best friends today and uh, awesome group of girls. And um, so I was really sad to leave them behind. But like on the other hand, I was 
like entering a new world where I could do so many things that I couldn't do before because I didn't really like school when I was in, in Singapore. I didn't really like uh, the stresses of like that kind of like rigid school system because I was in a local school and coming to KL, I got to, you know, explore things that I hadn't had the opportunity to before. And it was very freeing. And um, my mom really encouraged me to like um, come along with her when she would go for like jam sessions and stuff with her with her blues blues otai friends. <laughs> nice. So she would bring me along, and eventually, when they got wind of the fact that like I was learning to play guitar and I was you know singing, they would invite me to to jam with them on stage. So I like unlike a lot of people in the indie scene who kind of honed their chops. Um, through open micing, I I did that through jam sessions in the blue scene <laughs> <laughs> with people who were my 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 mom's age and older. Well, you were advanced. You took it several <laughs> notches higher than their usual people do in, uh, in clubs, right? Um, I don't know. I think it was just a just a different path. Yeah, okay. that's what I did. And um, after that, my mom encouraged me to to sing more in public you know, to not be shy. I remember she had a couple friends uh, who were hosting an open mic at the warehouse. And we went over one night and there weren't many people there. And uh, they were like, Billy, sing a song. So I sang, I was kneeling because I was, you know, my, my legs were shaking. I didn't want to stand. So I was <laughs> kneeling and singing. And there were like four people, including my mom in the audience. But you know, that you know, helped. That was a turning point for me. And and look at me now. <laughs> nice. Do you, remember, do you remember the first song that you sang? Yes, it was uh, Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. <laughs> I used to sing that one a lot. Ooh, you yeah. have a very unique taste in music. I guess I guess David is on board right now. Can I bring is him he? in? Shall I bring yes, him in? yes, yes, yes. Uh, David, come on board, man. How are you doing? Nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. Hi, no worries. After yeah. work? Yeah, straight from work and then back home. Ah, okay. How's the traffic? Was it good? Yeah, no, I mean, 10, 10 p.m. at night, it's quite clear. La. Smooth all the okay, way. Okay. Yeah. Well, just, just talking with Billy about how she started off the whole thing. We're about to move on to the transition from just Billy Blue to uh, Billy, Billy Blue Blackstone to... Uh, Billy Blue and the Nowhere Man. So continue. Let, let's have Billy finish the story up and then I'm going to get back to you because I need to find out something about this whole band. It's something different. I'll tell you about that in a bit. So Billy, from there, how did the transition move on to forming your full-fledged band? Well, um, when I met Sohail back in 2012, late 2012, early 2013, you know, he was a young fellow who could play guitar and I was a young chick who could sing. And then, you know, we hit it off <laughs> and we started, um, we wanted to, you know, perform together. So at first we would, we did a couple like duo shows, but very quickly we realized that we wanted a fuller sound. And uh, so Hale and I, for a long time, like our music taste, um, they were really, it was really aligned. So... Um, I mean, he definitely introduced some bands to me. I introduced some bands to him as well. So, I mean, it wasn't 100% the same, but it was very, very similar. 
And uh, the kind of music we wanted to make was also quite similar. And I think because we believed in each other a lot at the time, we worked together really well. And uh, yeah, so we, it was us first, and then we met Ruben, and okay. then we met David. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So let me let me get this straight. Uh, you you are from Japan. I mean, let's say originally from Japan. Uh, mm -hmm. So Hill is from Tehran. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ruben is from KL. David, where are you from? Are you from KL, another part of the world? Uh, I was born in PJ. Man. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, because this is yeah, another part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> because if you had another few more members from different parts of the world, you can start start creating your We Are the World album, man. <laughs> it's a nice diverse band. United but Nations. It, <laughs> United Nations. That's how it is. But uh, how long has uh, the uh, Billy Blue and the Nowhere Band kicked up? When exactly did this happen? Well, the original lineup, which did not include Ruben and David, okay. I think that was in 2014, maybe. But we only played like a couple of shows. And then I think, see, this is, this is where I feel like I'm getting old because I can't remember <laughs> numbers or do math. Um, I think we met. Ruben in 2015 or 2016 and then David you joined us in 2017 yeah. <laughs> was it yeah 2017 yeah were you with any other bands before this David yeah I I actually uh, I I'm still with another band called Kaya oh Kaya. okay Oh, okay, 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 okay. That explains it. That explains it because I knew it mm -hmm. looked familiar for a second. I didn't remember. Okay, okay. Kaya had a had a uh and what did we got we got an offer to play at this uh festival. It was called Pute, Billy. Was it called Pute? Puas. 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 Sorry, Puas Fest. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Yeah, it, at this area that was called Pute, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So Kaya was playing there, and then Billy Blue was also uh, lined up to play lah. They were yeah. one of the actors. Yep. And then I think I think what y'all saw me playing bass, and then and then like a few weeks later, uh, we saw you. We had heart <laughs> eyes and all that. <laughs> and they did fishing. Yeah. 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 So, so we got. The... No, Billy got in touch. One of and us. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then the to play was at No Black Tie. And it was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the first gig we did together. Yeah. I mean, there was a, quite a high standard like, to like to perform for <laughs> this gig. But that was the start. Yeah. Like, yeah and, and also, I think, um, because at the time, the, the bassist we were playing with was leaving because he wanted to session more um sure. then when we met david at first we were like okay let's like we, we we still like were looking around so we were like okay let's do a show together and like see how it goes and then we had a lot of fun ah, <laughs> so then we we just we just stuck with david nice. <laughs> yeah That's a nice Sometimes things happen for a reason <laughs> being in the right place at the right time meeting the right people and Voila, you get the full band. Mm. I think it's exactly that, yeah. Come again? Sorry? It's exactly that. Like, we were, I was at the right place at the right time. <laughs> nice. 
Yes. Destiny, man. Destiny. <laughs> okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, yeah, good. Because this is, like I said earlier, today the gods of gadgets are just messing with me. I accidentally touched one wrong wire and everything is going haywire. Ah, excuse me. <laughs> this is so embarrassing for my podcast. It just happened. Um, so just, I just left you guys for about 30 seconds and you started talking about Sardin Sambal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he asked me if I had eaten, so, oh, okay. so I was sharing. I didn't ask you guys that before coming on the show. <laughs> is, is, do you think that, is that like a very Asian thing to ask? Yeah. Have you eaten? I feel like it is. Yeah, I think yeah, even right? the, even that we don't care that whether you ate or not, it's just we have yeah. to ask. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes like, it's a blazing thing. Like. I don't know about Asian, but it's a blazing thing. Like. Definitely yeah. Malaysian. It's passed down yeah. from our grandparents and all that. Yeah, because that's even, what they always you, ask us. Even if your answer was no, they were like, oh, okay, then you just move on. Yeah. Exactly. Like, okay, do you want something to eat yeah. or shall we go eat? You know, it's nothing like that. Either. Okay, but sorry, I'm just getting all over the place right now from uh, <laughs> before we get into the Sadi Sambal again. It's just like we're talking about the band getting together. But uh, writing your original materials, when did that happen? That happened in 2016. Yeah, so okay. 2016 was when we started writing originals. Um, so again, as I told you, as, as I was talking about before, you know, growing up, I was, I really was interested in music, but I never really saw myself doing it just because I was so like self-conscious about the whole thing. And like it, it took a few kicks and, in the butt from my mom to like even start singing <laughs> in public. So it was kind of similar with writing too, because I've pretty much always been writing. I, I used to, you know, I've, I've uh, kept a diary since I was 13. Ooh. And uh, of course now as an adult, I have responsibilities and I don't write as often as I used to, although I still have a diary. Um, but yeah, so I've always been writing. But when it came to writing music, I was like, oh my God, I don't think, I don't know how, I, how to write music. Like, how do, how do you write lyrics? I was like overthinking it like crazy. But uh, then we were booked to play at Indie PG, Indie Penang, that uh, festival. And we were super excited and we knew we had to do a full set of originals. So that is what kind of gave us that shove to like, just stop, you know, getting in your head and just write. <laughs> so uh, that's when we started writing. But yeah. you write you write poetry, right? So that shouldn't be a problem for you. I do, but poetry is a recent thing as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I mostly wrote stories. Yeah. Right. So that was my thing. I was writing stories either about my own life or about fictional characters' lives. Hence yeah. the reason why you have another job called teaching. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, David? Exactly. What is it that you do? I mean, apart from uh, being in the band, I... I was actually doing uh, live music, just performing as a basis for a good three to four years. And then the pandemic happened. So, like, I had to find something to do. And then, uh, actually, my the guitarist, Sohail, he actually, like, uh, told me there was an opening in this music center that he oh. was working. Yeah. So I applied, and then now I'm there with him, actually. <laughs> oh, so a bit of bonding time with the guitarist and the bassist. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Who knows what they get guys. up to. 
Yeah, you just abandon the lady behind. You just get you guys are having a good time at the at work, and then you just leave Billy all by yourself. Isn't that ben, the plight what, of being a woman? Uh, uh, sad. But Ben is busy with his food, right? Ben has a catering business. Is it still on? Ruben. Yeah. Ruben. Uh, I, Ruben. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think he still yeah he still does it and he's in the food business lah. He's an sure. FNB yeah. He's yeah. doing a lot of like management now though. Okay. Yeah. So he's so busy busy. Two, you have two different lives. That's pretty interesting. And yeah. that's kind of nice also. But I mean for this past one year how's it been? Billy? Me? <laughs> uh it's been tough lah. <laughs> I've been yes. What what we are so used to, right? Like I used to be performing almost every weekend, uh, and then to lose that for a year, it was like wow, complete like restart. But I guess like it puts you in a spot to like to hustle and like to find something to do to just keep going, you know. But as as for musicians there, especially mm -hmm. as yourselves, the band itself, uh, times like this, these are a good time. For you to come up with new stuff, be more creative, explore uh, different avenues or different styles, or coming up with new materials. Usually, that happens during the break time because in your usual daily life you don't think about it. But during this particular time, when you have all the time you need at home or whatever wherever you are, you get to how do I put it? Reinvent yourself or rather try out some new things. Have you guys actually tried that? I think we've done that, but more individually. Mm, yeah. yeah, more individually. Like uh, last year was when I really got into writing poetry, <laughs> ah. and, and I also uh, started drawing a bit more. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Karen. Really, like oh, no, for me, I. I yeah. sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I was just saying I started drawing a bit more as well. But yeah, mm. that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Thank you. <laughs> For me, I've just been concentrating more on my bass, just practicing more. That's for sure. Uh, making mu music, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm just trying to improve myself more lah on the bass. Okay, cool. Well, cool. the thing but is, I sorry, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I was just, good. I was just gonna say that um, I think whatever we've been doing is developing ourselves personally, yeah. and yeah. all of that. It, all of that will be very ben beneficial when we sit down and decide to write music together like, again. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, you know, poetry is really similar to songwriting. I mean, at least lyric writing. And uh, I do have plans to turn some of my poems into into songs. And, um, yeah, and, and obviously developing yourself on your instrument is very important <laughs> when you start writing again because you will be able to introduce new things to songwriting that maybe you wouldn't have considered before just because you've developed your ear or you know your technique in a different way <laughs> okay but uh, yeah. the thing is what i need to know is at some point in time uh, a while back that you mentioned that uh, your music actually is inspired by literature uh, myth mythologies uh, let's see what else uh, they say pa present and past events you also mm -hmm. had uh, human emotions. You know, mm -hmm. those are the kind of things that inspired your writing process. Or rather, mm -hmm. you're focusing on that. Has that changed? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think what you brought up 
is quite broad already. And uh, so I'm still, we're still like swimming in that ocean. <laughs> but, but yeah, there, there's an infinite number of things you can, you can pick from there to write about. Those are all very general things, literature, emotions, passive present events. Those are all very general. So, okay. yeah. If that's the case, let's break it down right now for your three okay. songs that was released before you had Empire. Uh, you em had, Emperor. Uh, Emperor, <laughs> sorry, pardon, pardon me. Emperor, then you had uh, Red Corduroy. So these tracks, what were, the, what were they all about? David, do you want to answer that? <laughs> before finding out about what inspired you guys i was just listening to it as just a track you know it's mm -hmm. like okay nothing no 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 details uh, nothing no investigation going on before i really looked into the track but right now after finding out now i'm curious to know what exactly was the song all about so which song are we starting with <laughs> let's, let's start off with emperor okay <laughs> David, <laughs> don't look like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Emperor, Emperor was, I guess, kind of. I mean, we wrote that in what 2016. How old was I in 2016? 21. Yeah, 21. So it was like so. <laughs> so it was basically lyrically. It was a very young person's um, exploration to exploration in like the political but without being too specific so at the time i was reading some like robert graves um who wrote i claudius and i we were also big into game of thrones at the time <laughs> and uh one of the things that i remember thinking was while reading you know, I Claudius, which, you know, is set in the, during the Roman Empire and is, you know, historical fiction. When I was reading that, I was like, all of this sounds so familiar. First of all, it sounds like everything sounds like it could be a plot for a TV show, but also it sounds like exactly what's going on in politics today, whether we're looking at the United States or we're looking at Malaysia. You know, I mean, the themes are, the overarching themes are similar okay. and they're repetitive you know i used to always say the song remains the same because i'm a led zeppelin <laughs> fan <laughs> but you know it's true so that was my inspiration for it lyrically lyrically speaking that was my inspiration for it and i like the type like um the opening line for emperor is so long till the emperor finds gold because the idea is that, you know, when we're always chasing the next best thing, whether it's regular people or emperors or politicians, it's never enough. <laughs> you know, you're never actually satisfied. When you're looking for gold, you will never really attain it. Because once you've attained it, there's another thing to to try yeah. to pursue. Yeah. There's always something more. Mm -hmm. There's always something more. Nice. Now, mm -hmm. now that makes me want to listen to the track again and again. <laughs> Just go through it all over again. And how about Red Corduroy? Red Corduroy. Um, well, to be frank, like okay, in the past, I used to kind of shy away from talking about this song because it's not very deep, okay. and um, yeah, it's not very deep. But 
<laughs> the song is basically just about like a good time when you meet someone new. Okay. Yeah. So having a good time when you meet someone new and, uh, you know, that kind of spark, but also tentativeness when you kind of make a connection with a new person. Yeah. So that's kind of what it was inspired by. And funnily enough, when I wrote that, I was very much deep in a committed relationship, but I, I still kind of was exploring that in, through songwriting. Yeah, that idea. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was, and honestly, if you want to know where, where the title Red Corduroy came from, I'm just going to say it. I used to not like to say it because I thought it was stupid. And it, maybe it kind of is, but I bought a red corduroy skirt that I felt like I, I felt like you know I looked amazing in it <laughs> at the time now 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 it's really old and it's a bit tight for me so I can't really wear it anymore but at the time I was like I look hot in this <laughs> and then I and then that's then that's when my brain started to like spiral and think about like ooh all these other just like, like you, you know. songwriters like, imagine really this. like your songwriters <laughs> You just you just get us thinking something else, but it means something else on the other side. So I I thought it was something else happening for that particular title, and now you tell me it's a skirt. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well we don't we don't have to focus so much on the fact that it was a skirt, <laughs> but but that's where you're just finding out this. Yeah, you see, I don't talk about these sides yeah, but, of myself. See, things that many out there Publicly. wouldn't have known about it. It is, but it's, it is a great song. It is an awesome song. I kind of like the music video for that particular track. And yes. uh, it's also available on Spotify. It's also on YouTube. So you can check that out. So make sure to do that. But you are coming out with a brand new, you guys are coming out with a brand new track called Old Friend, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When is yes. that happening? So that will be released on the 16th of April. That's next week, right? Yep. Yeah. One week from now. Nice. And yeah. please, mm -hmm. please enlighten us about that song. What is that all about? Well, that one. Who's, who, um, who's involved in the drag? There are no garments of clothing. There are no garments of clothing involved <laughs> in the making of this track, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> um, well, actually, this song, lyrically, it's the one I'm most proud of because oh. it was the first time I think I really touched vulnerability in my lyrics because I had always kind of shied away from that, you know, with songs like Emperor or Red Corduroy, like they were, I mean, they were fun, but like, and, and I guess Emperor also has some depth to it, but like it wasn't, um, I wasn't being vulnerable, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with my own personal feelings, okay. <laughs> but, but old friend, I wrote it, I mean, I wrote the lyrics, um, basically, I was thinking about, um, because I tend to, at periods of my life, like enter really negative headspaces, where, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to call it depression, but something akin to that. And especially when I was a teen, that was really prevalent, I would just get into like really damaging headspaces. And I would revisit those same thoughts and same feelings um, at different stages in my life. So those feelings would evolve, you know, as I grew as I grew older, but um, they were very familiar and very comforting. And that's why I, I felt like it was like an old friend. Every time I would revisit those feelings and get back into this headspace, I'm like, yep, 
I mean, on the one hand, it sucks, but on the other hand, you kind of revel in it. You kind of revel in your misery and you're just like, I'm miserable in bed, like just lying with my with my tears or like, you know, whatever. You're just like, and kind of part of you is like enjoying the misery. So it was that familiarity that uh, right I was now. writing about. <laughs> I'm just feeling a little we, scared right now. <laughs> I, think, I think we all go through these things. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But sometimes you just yeah. need to be in that zone, that one particular zone that's you, your emotional state and mm. how you feel. That's Nobody can understand about it. People exactly. talk about it, but no one can understand that feeling. So, I and think about what... it when you're when you're feeling really vulnerable or really hurt or whatever, or you're saying damaging things to yourself. You know your internal your internal monologue or whatever. Um, and you listen to music and you listen to a song that describes exactly how you feel or a song that soothes your your feelings. It's very comforting. So that whole cycle of like listening to music or feeling upset, feeling like crap and, uh, you know, not wanting to get out of bed or whatever, <laughs> or like talking to your friends and bitching about how horrible you feel, all of that, there's a sense of comfort in it. So that's where the inspiration for Old Friend came from. So when I first, old, um, when I first wrote the lyrics to Old Friend, I wasn't thinking about a specific person. I was thinking about that feeling. Ah, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now mm-hmm. that that's gonna make me want to listen to the track. I'm looking forward for that next week, right? Sixteenth, sixteenth. Yeah. Sixteenth. That's the date. Dude, and we do, do have a lyric week? video <laughs> coming oh. out too, so oh, then you'll be able nice. to read the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> David, do you do you actually go into that zone? Do you have that kind of uh, that that feeling, that sentiment? Uh, I mean, I'm sure we all do, right? I mean, I do. I do go through it, uh, maybe not very often, I would say, but if if ever I go through that, I just try to think of how to be grateful. Uh, I guess that's what pulls me out of it. Just how to be thankful for um, the position I'm in and all that. Even though things are hard, but, you know, I just try to put a positive mindset, uh, I guess. Nice. That's very yeah. nice. And, of course, uh, since the song is going to be out and hopefully... Uh, we get to see you guys perform live on the on stage because it's been a while. It's been a very long time. It's been a, what? A yeah. year, almost a year. More yeah. than a year. More than yeah. a year. Yeah, time <laughs> seems to be flying very much. But the last show that you guys did was it locally or was it? I, was, I believe that you guys went to Mumbai or something, or you were supposed to. We went to India. India. <laughs> yeah. Take we tell us about tell us about that. How is it like performing in India? We went to three cities, Bangalore, Goa, mm-hmm. and Chennai. We ended our trip in Chennai. Uh, it was great. It was a 10-day mm-hmm. day tour. We call it an uh, international tour. Uh, yeah. we, were, we were invited to play at Chennai's. Uh, the university was having a festival. Oh, yes, we were in, yeah, we were invited to perform at Sarang Music Festival or Sarang World, sorry, Sarang World Festival in uh iit chennai and uh yeah in iit chennai and um that is what kind of kick-started our whole india tour because when we were invited we're very excited and we were like if we're going to go all the way to india we have to you know book a few more shows and make a tour out of it so that's what happened and how's the response like i mean uh, for them like watching a malaysian band perform 
How was that? How was the response like? Uh, I don't want to be. I don't want to sound like a douche or asshole, but I feel like uh, <laughs> more appreciative. Uh. I don't know whether it's because we were foreign or, but the feedback that we got was really very warm and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it was why, awesome. Reason, I would say. The reason why I'm asking you this is because I've I've asked this question of a couple of the bands before who've actually mm-hmm. performed in India. They said it is a different feel, especially not only in Malaysia but any part outside of Malaysia. Yeah. The response, the appreciation level seems to be a bit different, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. We felt that for sure, uh, like we got followers uh, through social media, and then we even got invited back recently to do an online show. Oh. Two uh, actually, two online yeah. shows. Where yeah. were they? Really? Two, they were two different yeah. university festivals. So one was, uh, one was Unad Festival. It was organized by IIM in. Um, Okay, not right now. It's always in Bangalore. Yeah, Bangalore. Okay. I am Bangalore. And then the second was Alcheringa Festival, which was organized by IIT Guwahati. Wow. Yeah, it's just a mouthful, isn't it? I can't believe I remember that. Well, it must be a good memory. It must be a very good memory for you to remember that. Sometimes. You know, sometimes my memory serves me really well. And sometimes I can't remember, you know, what I ate. In the morning for breakfast, so <laughs> it's but a tough. Any, no, any plans so far? Uh, any any ideas? Any sneak peek for uh, your fans out there? Is like for any upcoming shows in the next couple of weeks, months, perhaps? And well, the the thing is, uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, um, things are still very uncertain right now, and um, so we're trying to like iron out all those uncertainties <laughs> yeah before we can announce any shows but yeah definitely i mean we hope to to do something very soon i know i'm very impatient to perform i really want to get back on stage i don't feel like a human if i don't perform because <laughs> <laughs> you know more, a year more trust me we all i know feel the same. yeah musicians i mean we're, we're all hams right at the end of the day we love attention so we're all starved for attention, <laughs> but also apart from that, I'm just, I'm just trying that. to imagine you guys on stage for your very first show. It's going to be a blast. Probably like our Lepas heads Gram. will explode off of it. Yeah. But, but yeah. you guys doing, I mean, you, you just mentioned a moment ago, you did some online shows for the friends in India, but over mm-hmm. here, did you guys do anything? Or you have plans of doing anything? Because it seems to be a trend these days on online shows. Yeah, we did. We did do a couple online shows. Um, we did one for Mercy Malaysia last year. And what else did we do? I feel like we did another one, but I don't remember right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you enjoy doing online shows? Um. David, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I'll be very honest with you, because, like, uh, because I need to know this. Uh, reason being is like, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. It's like, if, yes, you get to interact with your fans, uh, keep the music going, keep it alive. That's one yeah. thing. But for people who's been on stage, who've been rocking it big time, you know, the energy, the feel, the vibe, it's totally different when you're doing it just in front of a camera with just your band members. It's like recording this, a song. <laughs> the question is exactly that. <laughs> yeah, it is completely different. Like, it's like, 50% of what a live show would be. Because yeah. 50% is the audience, man. We need Absolutely. the audience. 
Because yeah. I'm, I'm not discouraging. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or so. But the thing is, I've noticed that some bands, I'm not going to mention who, I mean, some bands are getting a little comfortable with an idea. It's like, you know, when you do it on a regular basis, you're doing it online, you just get too comfortable with the idea. So you don't really, I don't know, you just don't show the actual talent, you know, on screen. So I don't know, I just feel that it should just slow down a little more right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it depends on the kind of band you are. But okay. definitely for us, I mean, we are... Yeah, we, we, we are live. <laughs> what did you say? We are a live show band. We are a live, yeah, we are a live show band. That's where we feel the most comfortable, the most in our element, you know? And uh, it doesn't mean that we don't like, you know, recording or we don't like doing other sorts of things. Like, remember when we, David, remember when we did Rojak sessions uh, right after we released our album, when we yeah. did that, that live stream show? That was actually really fun, but that was like really good production. Very, very wonderful team that we worked with at Rojak Sessions. And that was quite exciting. Um, but I would say like the shows that we've done during lockdown, they were, I mean, it was it was great just to be doing something. You know, it's like, oh, you know, we're doing something and yeah. we're connecting with the fans or whatever, but really, apart beyond that and i don't want to sound cynical and the thing is sometimes i feel like as performers we're kind of expected to just give pr answers to everything but um no, not on this I show. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean can't can't we have gripes about things it doesn't mean like we're not going to do it <laughs> you know? i told you before like, the show i said go ahead unleash it unleash everything <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's really not as fun <laughs> it's really not as fun doing uh a pre-recorded video you know it's just the energy isn't there and um yeah like david said the audience is 50 percent of it you yeah. know yeah oh, yeah man, that the I sense could, of spontaneity isn't there as well i could imagine yeah. but i'm just hoping for it to uh I mean, all this whole thing to be over as soon as possible. But the good news is, I think now performances are allowed. It's just a matter of time before seeing you guys mm-hmm. on stage. I'm yeah. so, so looking forward for that. I'm definitely looking forward for your track, Old Friend, which will be coming out on the 16th of April, available on all, all yes. streaming platforms, right? Spotify, <laughs> uh, YouTube, yes. you name it, you can have it, right? Oh, yes. And also, you can pre-save the song now. So actually, nice. if, you, if you go to the link in our bio on Instagram at BBTNM band or mine, <laughs> Billy Azalea. If you go there, you can, uh, there's a link and you can pre-save the song. Yeah. On nice. whatever platform you like to listen on. Yeah. Please do, please do. And uh, yeah. before I wrap it up, of course, uh, for the benefit of our uh, listeners, which whichever part of the world are you from? Well, feel free to subscribe uh, to their uh, YouTube channel, Spotify channel. Okay. What if you subscribe or you just follow? Which one is it? Eh? I can't remember. If you're subscribed to, to Spotify, you can follow us. <laughs> okay, follow. Okay, Spotify is follow. Yeah. YouTube is subscribe, right? But like our songs. Like okay. our songs. Please. Like your songs. <laughs> like subscribe. the song on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> These are the three words. Subscribe, like, follow. Use it wherever. And share. And share. share. Yeah. Another one. Am I missing out another here? <laughs> Click the heart of Spotify, the heart symbol. The heart, yeah, the heart. Oh, okay. 
So you got the heart, you got the share, you got the like, you got the subscribe. <laughs> what else did I miss again? Like, uh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't like. tweet, so, tweet about oh. us. Or okay, it's going to be a long list of things. So whatever terms that you use on social media, please use it wherever applicable when it comes to mm -hmm. Billy Blue and the Nowhere Man. You see the name anywhere on the internet, just do whatever, one of those five or one of those six things. And please, yeah. like I said, share. share just, sharing is the most important thing. Just to say, because people sometimes get it wrong, men is plural, yeah? It's Billy Blue oh, and the man. Nowhere Men, not Nowhere Men's Man. Because yes, <laughs> a lot of sorry. people get that wrong. <laughs> when you say it fast, you just miss it out, man. Yeah. Okay, so the short form for that, the acronym was BBTNM. Okay. BBTNM. It's late and I'm running out of coffee right now. <laughs> I'll try to memorize that as soon as possible. So do check them out. Follow them on their social media page. Uh, they're available on Instagram. They're available on, uh, uh, pardon me, Facebook. They are also on YouTube, Spotify, any other platform? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yes, now we Twitter. have Twitter. Okay, follow them there. Anywhere else? No, not yet. We don't have TikTok yet. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's that seems to be a please don't we're a little bit too too old, I think, you know. <laughs> nah, nah, trust Millennial. Me. Trust me. If, we, if you're millennials, what am I? <laughs> Only if you're going to consider yourself. I don't know. I guess that's. I guess that's the, ancient, the mystery of this of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, guys. It's been a great pleasure having you on board. Uh, I've been looking forward for this for a very long time, and finally get to check out uh, check you guys out. And uh, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that the very first time I saw you guys were, I think it was in Publica. Yeah. No. Oh. Sometime back, okay. and that's this was my exact reaction when the first time I saw you guys. I was in the bar having my drink. And the moment I heard the band playing, stopped drinking, stared at the band for a good 30 seconds without nice. moving. You guys were awesome. Aww, thank and I just you. stopped, I literally stopped and just turned around and looked like, oh boy. And that's it. Now it didn't take my eyes off you guys for the entire show. Aww. It was amazing. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, sadly enough, that I've been missing out on a couple of your shows and I'm definitely looking forward for more to come. This thank time I you. promise you I'll be there. Thank, thank you really so much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on board. Remember, if you are listening to this podcast, please do share it, like it, follow them on social media, and be on the lookout for their brand new track called Old Friend coming out next week. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere applicable, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and before we say good, good adios, is there anything you'd like to share? Any last words? Yeah, just follow us. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's good music. <laughs> yeah, keep supporting local music and yeah. you know smaller ta talents help us yeah. grow. <laughs> nice. All right, thank you very much, guys. We're gonna wrap it up right here. And uh, as for my show, something like that we have. Oh yeah, please, please like and subscribe. Do that too. I know you gotta follow these guys. Try to follow me occasionally. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you very. Thank much. Thank you so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yes, it is. It was awesome. Yes, right.